Okay, cool. So I will just intro you. I mean, you know how it goes. You're you're yeah. a pro at this point. I um apologize in advance if I go like on a tangent because I'm used to trying to guide the conversation. Yeah. So in this seat, I'm like, ooh, I feel free to like just talk and ramble. Girl, <laughs> so this is feel free to like reel it back in and be like, okay, focus, let's get back to it. No, and as far as I'm concerned, this is your struggle. show today. That This is oh. your show. And you're entitled to a stoner moment. Um, I definitely, you know, I hit my vape pen before before I went live on the Zoom. You know it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, vape here we go. Vape is like standard. Yeah, no, 100%. I feel like I need it to get my like brain in the right headspace for the day. Yeah. <clears throat> sure. All right. Okay, guys, I am here with one of my good friends, and I'm sure one of your favorite Bravo content creators, Jenny Blaze, aka Bravo and Blaze. Hi, Jenny. Hi. I'm so excited. Like Lisa a little bit. Hi, oh Jenny. yeah. Hi Jenny. <laughs> Hi baby gorgeous. Um, I'm so excited to have you. So I was on your podcast a couple weeks ago and I decided that I had to return the favor and bring you onto my show. So thank you so much for being here with me today. Oh, thank you. I'm never like, well, I'm more in your seat than in the guest seat. So it's fun to just like yeah. Feel loose. Exactly. You're in <laughs> you're in my world now. Welcome. Sit back, relax, make yourself at home. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm I'm so happy to have you. So now for anyone who doesn't know, you are Jenny Blaze, aka Bravo and Blaze, and you are a fellow Bravo holic, but your niche is actually this world of cannabis and THC and blazing it up, right? Yeah. Yes. I am a cannabis advocate and Medical marijuana patient. That's kind of where it all started. I, I love it. Perfect. So tell me how you got into the world of cannabis. Obviously, if you're a medical patient, you don't need to tell us like your medical background. Oh, no. I'm totally open with it. So the reason why I'm open with it now is because I live in New York State. And um, uh, please do not take my advice. Like, check all your local listings. You're not local <laughs> listings. You're your, your local laws to see what the cannabis laws in your state. It's different everywhere. And federally, it's still um is it decriminalized or it's not fully legal so yeah. just as a disclaimer um yeah, tread lightly i, I mean toke lightly <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't have come out of the green closet as a cannabis consumer unless it was legal in my state because i am a mother and it all started i mean well jenny blaze 420 was my aol screen name in like 1999 love it oh my god that's great <laughs> inspired by johnny blaze aka method man of the wu-tang clan and partners with red man who i got to interview recently which was like amazing cannot believe this is happening like coming full circle like that but anyways jenny blaze went away after i started focusing on my career in the corporate world because I didn't really know what to do with my life, but I knew that I had to be successful. Right. I don't know what that meant, really. I was like, successful. That's yeah. what my mom told me to do. Got to pay the bills. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, all right, how do I do that? 
So um, I studied information technology and arts at an engineering school, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute. And actually, I nobody had that major. I was like one of the first people. And this is back in the early 2000s. So this is before social media, before iPhones or smartphones and all that. And I remember sitting back being like, oh, my God, I was a, kind of panicking back then, like, the rate of technology where we've come from, if you look at history and mankind as a whole, like it's grown exponentially. Like we wouldn't be able to be doing what we are right now, you know, like 40 years ago. Right. And then like 40 years before that, there was like, I mean, it's su such a huge change. So <clears throat> I don't know. I, I went into the corporate world and I was thinking I was going to be like some cool graphic design artist or something like living in San Francisco or like New York city or something. Got it. I feel like, the vibe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was like, Oh, this is great. I have my whole life ahead of me. And then I wound up getting, uh, working for Accenture who told me, cause I didn't know what I wanted to do yet. And they're like, we're a consulting firm. You can do whatever you want. We, we work in every single industry. If you want to work in the film industry or whatever, we, we do projects there. They totally tricked me. I got specialized <laughs> in, um, insurance software and designed and worked on insurance software for like 15 years, pretty much. Oh God. And that just doesn't <laughs> speak to your soul. No, I was like dying <laughs> inside. I remember being in meetings in these like corporate meetings, just like in my mind, I was so bored that I basically was making memes in my mind and didn't know it. Back yeah. then. Like I would hear like Bethany screaming in a moment because like I'm watching them, but I have to, you know, keep my mouth shut because right. I have to like be buttoned up or whatever. So it's like you're lead leading two lives. So Jenny Blaze went away. Um I had um a child when I was 20. My first child is born when I was 27 or 28. And um I was a single mom. So I had like um custody issue not like custody issues but like there's custody in place and like i didn't want to risk being a cannabis consumer in any way like recreationally right. or anything at all so i when i became a mother i completely like stepped away from that life as i knew it which back then was all like all i knew of weed was like being a stoner or pothead yeah. and not like that was kind of the dialogue around weed. It was, it was, yeah. it was like two worlds. You were either like in the like druggy, like kind of stereotypical, like quote unquote hip hop world, or yeah. you were like just a couch potato vegetable, like, slop. Yeah. you know, those were yeah. kind of the two things. Yeah. Because during that time, I mean, I don't know exactly how old you are, but when I was growing up, they had those commercials that like, Yes, this the kid literally like melts on into drugs. The, yeah. yeah, melting into the couch or the the egg on the frying pan. Totally, totally. Well, even yeah. I think back to like you know one of my all time favorite movies, Clueless. Um, and and they're talking oh. about all of the stoners, and it's like yeah, they're funny. They come to class and like say some bonehead things, and we laugh. Mm -hmm. But like no respectable girl would ever actually date one of them, and like yeah. they're all just these losers, you know. Exactly. And like, that is not the case. I mean, which I knew back then because I used to like smoke in high school and then hell. like, I don't condone Girl, that. I, I, I get it. I get but it. I did that. I was a rebel. Yeah. Um, and I don't like would, I would not want my own children to do that. But, um, you know, I had 
I was in advanced classes, taking college credits in National Honor Society. I was an NCAA All-American cheerleader. I did executive committee. Like I was a tutor. I had a right. job. I mean, I was a responsible kid and did really well and still smoked weed. And yeah. but like on the DL, like not many people knew, like me right. and my or whatever you weren't so, like melting into a couch i wasn't melting into a couch i actually was pretty productive and yeah successful. so um but that that life kind of went away and then um i found myself working um at my last role in the corporate world with pwc and i was running this 200 million dollar business like on paper you would think I had like a great life and it was wonderful when I would tell people like, oh, I can't stand my job. They'd be like, why? It's like, you're, you're doing so well. And I'm like, right. I, so what? Porn stars make a lot of money. Does that mean they should continue doing that job? Like, no, I'm sorry. For me personally, like I needed a bigger purpose and it was like making me depressed being in this environment, which also was toxic. Um, and I just, I knew I had to get out. I didn't know how exactly. And having my second child and being married, I had kind of my escape to get out. Right. I used my maternity leave to, as my way of like escaping or whatever. But um, the reason why I knew I wanted to be in the cannabis industry before my maternity leave was because I was at one point so depressed that I was like taking prescription medications. I had like four different medications that I was easily prescribed by doctors very easily, almost mm -hmm. like pushed on me, you know? Of course. Yeah. And, um, none of it was making me feel better. And I knew I actually have, um, I went and studied in my personal time during my corporate, my 15 years of corporate life. I, on the side, I pursued my, um, nutrition and wellness entrepreneurship studies at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. And I also, um, completed a 200 hour hot yoga instructor training. So like cool. my philosophy on health and everything is not just like your physical health, but your emotional, mental, spiritual, um, your career, everything like in a holistic way, what really feeds your soul at the end of the day. Yeah. And so I knew, okay, I'm. <laughs> I have all this education. I know what is like healthy in my mind, but like, I'm not living that life. And so um, it was a friend of mine who actually reminded me, he's like, you know, some of these medications you, people use medical marijuana for. And I like, at first brushed it off, like, I'm not going to be smoking weed, you know, like that, that mentality was still there. But then I thought about it more and I was like, wait, there are people who need this for medicine. And I was able to function before when I used to do it back in the day. Like, why is it like looked at this way? And, right. you know, like if you look at pop culture media, mainstream pop culture media, where you have like the Cheech and Chong stereotype mm -hmm. or like even like um, or like Half-Baked or Harold right. and Kumar, they make it seem like it's so like outlandish when people get, you know, they smoke weed. Right. But what I did is I would literally go like take a hit of weed, like smoke a bowl or something, not even a full bowl, like take literally one puff, walk away, put it down, walk away and do work for like two to three hours. And then I'd go back and like do it again. And I found myself able to do this for I think it took maybe like six to nine months for me to completely wean off all of my pres prescription medications and was just living this lifestyle of now like microdosing throughout right. the day.
And it wasn't even like, I wasn't even really using it in this recreational way. Cause I, I always like compare. It was almost like for work. Yeah. It was like, it was helping. It's like, I would equate it to almost like caffeine, you know, (laughs) like almost this, like if you do it in small doses, you don't have to pass out on the couch or get the munchies or, you know, like, or even what I found with yoga, if I smoke and then do yoga, I feel like I have a completely different experience. And I even lost over 70 pounds as a medical marijuana patient after my second child Wow, smoking weed every day. And so that's a, that's a myth right there that, you right. know, everyone gets some munchies. Oh, I you can't just get super fat. You eat everything. Yeah. yeah. And like, a lot of people, their experience, because we're going through this time of like legislation reform, the laws are changing, people's first experiences are very different across the board. So you might have someone who's like, oh, I don't know, someone just gave me some once at a party. And I like, they told me to keep smoking it. And I got so high, I passed out or whatever. Like That's not using it in like a medicinal or responsible type of way, in my opinion, mm-hmm. my opinion. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but then I started looking at, you know, just, well, I feel, I don't feel comfortable even telling my company that I'm a medical marijuana patient. I know I'm not the only one. And on top of it, I also don't feel comfortable being vocal about it because of my children. I have four daughters and, as much as like someone can say whatever they want to me, I guess when it affects my children, it's like a different kind of feeling. So like I would feel awful if like my kids were being judged or weren't able to hang out with their best friend because right. their mother didn't want them to hang out with, you know, at our house or something like that. And yeah. I've been struggling with this and that's part of like coming out of the green closet, but I think I've come to terms with the fact that if that were to happen, that maybe I'm okay with that. And maybe I don't want my child to hang out with them. Yeah. And but like, I also don't like, I don't like this idea of like taking things out on a child because of their parents. So it's like, there's like a line, like, I guess I would still welcome this child, but if their parent doesn't let them, then, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So question then, and, and you might not have an answer for this yet, but as your girls get older and they might start getting into that age where they are going to be experimenting or offered things, Mm. how are you going to address the topic of weed? Like you said that you wouldn't want your kids to be smoking in high school. So when this stuff comes up, how are you as a cannabis user and a regular cannabis mm-hmm. user going to tell your daughters not to do yeah. it and, so, and, and why and I mean or are you going to tell them that it's okay I mean how are you going to approach it yeah so I've I thought about this a lot because we have a two-year-old four-year-old 12-year-old and 18-year-old we have okay. a blended family yeah I did so not I, so then the 18 year old I assume some of these conversations have already happened oh yeah so it's different for all of them because they're like I said, the law has changed during their childhood. So it's you have to kind of take it situation by situation. Yeah. And because I have a blended family and there's like custody things, like people still use cannabis as a way to take children away from their parents. Right. Still today in the US, this happens. And luckily in New York State, and in New Jersey, I can confirm I had a lawyer on my show 
who confirmed that in New York and New York State, they just passed like a law or something, a bill or whatever you call it. Like some her. some school of rock thing yeah something schoolhouse yeah rock. Some schoolhouse rock thing um where uh child protective agencies or whatever the organization is called they are no longer allowed to use thc as grounds for taking children away from parents which is i mean they could still try to manipulate the system i'm sure mm -hmm. if they wanted to but legally they can't and that is huge because yeah. that is one step that's keeping people from being open cannabis consumers and admitting it and i talk to people one-on-one -on -one about this all the time and the number one thing is the stigma and even data shows there's research and reports that show the number one thing that keeps the cannabis industry from growing is the stigma so how do we do that we have to keep educating and talking about it. However, on these like big networks, like even Bravo, maybe they are not legally allowed to even, well, number one, they're definitely not allowed to advertise for cannabis mm -hmm. brands. Even if that cannabis company is a legal company in right. like the state where it's legal, um, at that federal level, it's still not legal. So that's where it's kind of like shady and things are like weird. So podcasting and going on creating your own media, like having my own domain and sending, you know, collecting email addresses and sending emails out to people like they, nobody can control that. And yeah. I can just continue that. Yeah. So that's kind of like my way as a content creator to get around that. And then, you know, from there, it's just a matter of like, within the cannabis community, there's all these different niches too. And so right. I'm just trying to like, you know, like live, use technology to show um, by leading, I guess, lead by example, yeah. and just show people that, you know, like I have children, they're taken care of, they're healthy. Um, back to your question though, with the two and the four-year-old, we are trying to make it more normal. Like we don't, hide it we keep it safe like out of reach where we're all about responsibility and safe um consumption so locking up your you know your cannabis or whatever that's super important so things like lock boxes or mm -hmm. having a lock on your door just making sure that your cannabis is in one room that has you know the ability to lock up then i think you are doing your due diligence however yeah. children still do whatever they want like you could people leave their liquor out all the time and like right. they're not getting their children taken away if it's not locked up. Yeah. Though you probably should, that's recommended, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing I, I, you know, I feel like we need to get to a point where it is kind of treated the same as drinking parents drink around their kids all the time. I mean, obviously it's not ideal to get like drunk in front of your kids. Um, right. especially if you are like a shitty drunk, if you're an Erica Jane, just don't. Um, but people do it and or people have out singing at a child. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Scream Noel at the top of your lungs. Um, <laughs> but yeah, people have alcohol in their homes around their kids and, and parents, drink and yet then tell their their kids not to drink and so it's just kind of this attitude like what i always hear parents say like if they're having alcohol and their kid it's like oh can i have a sip it's like no no this is like adult juice or like this yeah. is grown-up juice or something so like that's you know this is 
what we need to do with weed. It's just like, this is grown up grass. You go play in the grass outside (laughs) and I'll be playing with the grown up grass in here. So my 12 year old, I've been going through this process of coming out of the green closet for like the last five years now. And it, it takes time to change these behaviors. Like at first I would hide it from her, but then I was like, I need to get to a point where I'm not hiding it from her. And why am I hiding it from her? So I just realized I need to educate her. And at that time, when I started educating her, they hadn't talked about drugs in school yet, which I was like, this is actually a better time for me to get in there and educate her and just talk to her like a normal parent would about teaching your kid about anything. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we've talked about sex, we've talked about all these, you know, things that we don't neither of us want to talk about but right yeah like, but you have to it's part of the gig it's part of the gig yeah, of being a parent and it's part of the gig of being a child <laughs> yeah so my 12 year old so i taught her just the science about the plant in general but then also i took it a step further and started educating her on the differences between medicinal and recreational and how literally there's no difference other than the law like mm-hmm. you're, it's the same plant And it's just a matter of how you use it. Like what I was telling you about microdosing, that to me is using it more medicinally. Like I'm not even trying to get recreationally like stoned or high because I I can't. I have things I got to do. I am very busy. Um, And smoking recreationally, like I don't even really do it that often. Um, I try to on the weekend sometimes, but like by the time I get to be able to i'm already exhausted so it's like right. i don't even need it yeah um but my 12 year old so i've taught her also about prohibition and where that stems from and the war on drugs and racism systemic racism i've had to have these you know the tough conversations during and this is before covid that i like you know started studying about prohibition and systemic racism and everything and there's actual like facts on record of white politicians saying you know like we marijuana which isn't even a real scientific term it's like a a slang word um which was used in a derogatory way against mexican immigrants when they came in during the like 1920s or 30s which is the same time um during the jazz era where um a politician was on record saying marijuana must be illegal because black men are luring white women into jazz clubs with marijuana like is that not the biggest hater it's crazy that's so crazy because you know what maybe they were just luring them in there with their like sex appeal and that like sweet sweet jazz music like come on these are like some hot sexy like black sax players right there yeah I don't blame the women. Right. We're going in on our own accord, y'all. Exactly. (laughs) And that's that's what they were trying to stop is that they're like, hold up. This is not. And that's where I'm like, this drives me insane because every single person who's in jail or has been, you know, has a record because of cannabis, it's because of racism. And that's what in my stomach, I just like, that's where this fire like just starts burning and yeah. i'm like 
I have to dedicate my life to this. This is so wrong and it's not okay. And like, and I'm a cannabis consumer. I feel like, oh, like it's my responsibility. Yeah. I wouldn't even be able to have this plant right now if it weren't for all the people who've been fighting for, you know, change in legislation for all these years and decades. I mean, it's been going on for like a hundred years now. Yeah. And yeah. before that, people were using cannabis all the time. George Washington was a hemp farmer. Hemp is this is cannabis. Yeah. Cannabis is hemp is just um cannabis that has a low percentage of THC, which is just one chemical compound among many hundreds of others found in cannabis called cannabinoid. Yeah. yeah. So it's I yeah, no, it's crazy. And it's so interesting. I'm glad you brought up like the history of marijuana and especially like within the US um and within our legal system because it is bullshit. Um yeah. I have a a longtime family friend who probably over a decade ago already um he was caught with like a, a very small amount of weed um here in Arizona and at the time the laws were really really strict and it was I mean I want to say it was like an eighth or like maybe mm -hmm. a quarter, you know, like a, like a personal sized amount. That's, that's, that's how much like, like one day, right? right? That's like how much a person has that, yeah. that is not what like a drug dealer has, you yeah. know? Um, but he was charged with like a felony and he still has it on his record. He ended up, See? That's yeah, ridiculous. right. He, I mean, thank, thankfully he was luckier than most. He didn't go to jail at all, but he ended up like it, it affected his entire life and he still has a felony on his record. Um, he ended up moving to Oregon because at the time Oregon was so mm -hmm. ahead of the times yeah. in terms of their cannabis laws. Mm -hmm. And now he actually works in the cannabis industry and he works, um, he's, he's like, a. And he's not like a scientist, but he is like back in like the labs, like doing stuff. He's it's really cool. Oh. And thank God he was able to parlay it into a, a career and one that he is passionate about. Yeah. But I mean, he could have been screwed. He all of his his so many people his have. career That's paths good. up until that point were completely swept up from under him. Like he basically had to, you know, redefine his whole life because of this yeah. one quote unquote mistake, which like, let's be real. It's not even really a mistake. You know, and it's not, I mean, and that's one of thousands and thousands of stories over time and where the population is targeted towards people of color. And that's mm -hmm. when it's like, clearly the data shows that this has impacted, you know, these communities yeah. for a long time, not just their lives, but generationally, yeah. and yeah. this is not okay. And so New York, I do like that New York was a little bit later than other states because now we're learning from other states and how we need to, you know, have some equity back into right. the social part of it. Totally. And making sure that, you know, certain people who have been impacted by the war on drugs are the first ones to get licenses and get yeah. out there and start selling or growing, um, you know first yeah. before well, we it's, get it's, to the rest of the people. Exactly. And it's like, it's such a trap, you know, because, and so my, my friend, he is, he's Hispanic, he's brown skinned. And, um, you know, it, it's one of those situations too. I don't know how the laws work and if it's in all States, but I know that like, in some cases, if you have a felony on your record, like you can't even vote. So it really? is, Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's like, it's like a trap, you know? So like once yeah. you, are... And then loans, I think, like you have, do they do background? 
I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, there's all sorts of, it affects your life in so yeah. many ways. And that's yeah. why, you know, like you said, it's important for us now, those of us who are uh, cannabis users and using it legally. And I'm not saying that to like give myself a pat on the back. I was using right. it illegally before, but mm-hmm. now that it is legal, mm-hmm. um, we do have an obligation to look back at all of those people who, who did fight the good fight. And those, I mean, there are still so many people who are in jail still no, for, for marijuana related last charges. Pri- last prisoner project is a, um, is a nonprofit that helps their whole thing is just getting people out of jail for like nonviolent cannabis related mm-hmm. crimes yeah. and working towards like expungement of these records. So people can start, start exactly. moving forward with their lives and, exactly. and get that, you know, behind them. And yeah. so there is a lot that's in the works, but it takes time. And I'm just, you know, trying to, I guess, advocate in the best ways that I can. Yeah until it becomes normalized and bravo tv was kind of my point of entry because i saw i i've been watching bravo for years i mean since project runway queer eye days before housewives and i just you know i don't expect that there's people smoking weed on you know bravo but because things have changed lately like tamra judge (laughs) Sorry, not to trigger you in any way. But... I love Tamara. I just wish she loved me back. <laughs> well, she has Venus CBD, mm-hmm. her company, and Bravo never supported that mm-hmm. venture because yeah, they wouldn't of... even show it on on Real Housewives of Orange County. I remember exactly. at the time she had like a big Vena like launch party and all this stuff, and they wouldn't air it. Yeah. See, I find that very interesting, and it's one thing like. I guess maybe for them, their lawyer lawyers are probably like, that's kind of, you know, on the line, like you're yeah. iffy, like somebody could come after us. There's right. no precedent, but why risk it kind of thing? Like I kind of get that. But then they had Heather Dubrow on microdosing. So it's like, why is it okay now with Heather Dubrow? Yeah. You know, and I mean, I don't watch I haven't watched every single show on Bravo with the lens of a cannabis advocate right. until recently. So I don't know if anyone else in the past has wanted to advocate for it. Like I know Eva now is open about right. her consumption and they went to a dispensary and yeah. Ultimate Girls Trip too, which was historical. We totally. have not seen that. No, we've never seen a dispensary on bravo tv so wait that's actually not true on vanderpump Vanderpump, yeah uh stassi and katie went to medmen in in venice beach and i remember i clocked it because i was like oh i've been to that dispensary it's so fucking overpriced i literally (laughs) went to medmen one time and um and please don't sue me medmen but it it was like 150 dollars for like two half gram vape cartridges i was like are you fucking oh that's cheaper than out here right now. are you kidding me so here in arizona when i go to the dispensary i will get myself like typically i'll get like three or four one gram vape carts because all i do is smoke my vape i i don't really smoke grass anymore just for convenience i'm like yeah i'm a girl on the go you know um (laughs) right so and there's also there's nothing like you know i'm a really light sleeper so i'll wake up at like two in the morning and being able to just like reach over to my bedside table and be like (laughs) 
you know, it's great. But I'll get like four one gram cartridges and my total is like $120 or something. I know it's so oh great. And the, the dispensary I go to, they like do a rewards program. So like I get like 5% cash back on everything I spend. So like so much money, right? every few months they'll be like, you have a, you have like a credit of $50. Do you want to use it? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's great. Oh my gosh. I love that. But um, see, and that's like a problem right there. So in New York, our prices are, it's like a hundred dollars per yeah. one gram. That's part. crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. And so the, like, because it, there's no interstate commerce going on, right. they're they're able to do these kinds of things, and it's like, yeah. But they're also like they kind of have to to cover some of the taxes and well, stuff. Well, it's the taxes, that. and then it's also depends on where they're yeah. getting their product from. Like a lot of you know, it weed is more readily available mm-hmm. here on the West Coast. It's grown. Mm-hmm more out here on the west coast so yeah. i feel like it's just easier for us to get yeah. the product yeah. um but yeah i mean i know in some places where it is just kind of like notoriously hard to get to get it it's going to be much more expensive yeah which is bullshit because like we just we need it's we a need commodity it. <laughs> it's like gas like gas prices should be low and right. it should be low exactly <laughs> exactly that's the kind of world thanks I brandon i blame brandon for all of it <laughs> brandon wait yeah. brandon. oh my god don't you know about like the let's go brandon and thank you brandon and everything is brandon's fault it's no, like the, is that like a tiktok thing I'm no old. it's like a maga thing it's like the oh. it's the oh. maga's way of saying fuck you by Biden, they say like, oh, like, thank you, Brandon, which yeah. honestly is such a pussy move. Like if you, if you want to say, fuck you, Biden, just say, fuck you, Biden. You I know. know, but they all That's say, so like... thank you, Brandon. It's such um, an Aaron thing. It's say. so stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's literally the stupidest thing. And I'm just like, you guys call us the snowflakes and you don't even have the cojones to say, fuck you, Biden. Like, come on, oh, say it. Oh my God. All right. Well, we started to get into <laughs> the Bravo, Bravo, Bravo of it all. Let's dive yeah. in. I mean, that's, that's why we're here. That's how we yeah. connected Bravo. after all. All right. So um, you said that you are like an OG Bravo fan. You were watching Project Runway. You were watching um, what? What was the other show that you're Queer Eye? Queer Eye. Okay. Um, How did you flipping out? Was oh, that yeah, before that Housewives? Was... I don't think it was before, but definitely in the same timeline, yeah, like the late two thousands. Um, yeah. Okay. So when did when did you like being a Bravo watcher move from just being like a, a guilty pleasure into being like a full-fledged personality trait? Cause I, that's like how it is yeah. for me too. <laughs> yeah. It's um, turned into part of my personality, personality trait. And I leaned into it honestly, once uh, COVID happened and oh, okay. I found the community, I was right. like, it just, it was like, I walked through a door and I was in my world yeah finally i'm like these people get me i never felt so at home even though it's like i walked in and it's that scene in mean girls where people are like throwing stuff right totally can you pick me up i'm scared yeah no i was gonna say like when you walked through that door i'm sure there were like a lot of people waiting with open arms to hug you and then a lot of people waiting with like glasses of wine to throw in your face (laughs) mostly that or like they were too busy throwing wine in each other's faces to even 
give a shit about me. But um, I, and I was hesitant because I'm like, damn, this place is toxic AF. Like, yeah. I don't, that's not who I want to be. And also like having my kids, like I, everything I do, I want to set an example for them and how they should behave. And I truly believe, like I told you, I studied information technology and arts. I've been watching how, you know, technology impacts our own psychology, but also from a sociological standpoint, yeah. how it impacts culture. Like memes are a part of our culture now. Yeah. Bravo TV, housewives are part of, part of our culture now. Yeah. And so it's like, I wanted to make sure that I don't fall into that toxic area or whatever, or even engage in it and also not condone it. Like I don't, cause I think technology is so powerful and human humanity is not caught up with what it really means to have social media at your fingertips. Like right. there is a lot, this whole influencer economy or whatever, like that, that whole thing is, kind of a really great case study of how things get out of control and you yeah. lose the meaning of things like the Beerman girls they're like they're selling $150 boxes that they're not even like giving out like they're right. scamming people apparently I mean allegedly don't <laughs> I don't know I don't know maybe you yeah. have to cut that out I don't know no but... it's fine we leave everything in here um, I have podcast insurance baby oh good okay <laughs> Uh -huh. You know who you know who told me to get podcast insurance? Ooh. Tamara Judge. <laughs> and then she got mad at me for what I posted on my podcast. And I was like, sue me, that bitch. Hilarious. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, this oh. is what I love about it. So this is like the fandom of Bravo is so different from any other major fandom that's out there. Yes. Well, it's such a it's such a unique beast. The yes. the the format of the Real Housewives is so unique. It mm -hmm. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, and not that you're like, you know, a, a TV guru, but I mean, you might know. I do watch a lot. Right. <laughs> um <laughs> Like, I think it's the first reality show that's kind of had like iterations and like spinoffs of itself mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. different versions in different cities. Like, obviously there's the real world, which is like every season it's in a different city, yeah. but this is like simultaneous, like yeah. multiple like franchises. I don't, that was unheard of. Like the, yeah. the Real Housewives quite literally created a new genre. Absolutely. And not just a whole new genre but there's this other layer that i don't think bravo or andy cohen ever really projected into the future to think of and like where they're growing or how they're going you know like what the future of bravo is because right now what i see just having a podcast like i feel pushback from bravo like they don't i don't feel love from bravo i'll just say that like yeah they don't when when they absolutely have so much more to their brand than just the shows. Like mm -hmm. there's no other fandom where we can tweet with the actual people right. on the TV who are going to actually do something and we have influence on their behavior. Even Ramona right. said in the first Ultimate Girls Trip, everyone told me to get the, the best room or right. whatever. Like yeah. that is a, an example of how a following on social media has added this new layer into the housewives world that they weren't expecting. And instead of trying to control this 
extra layer, they should really lean into it and extend their brand to like give us more experiences. Can you imagine if we started having big like or not big like mini bravo cons in different cities like oh are you gonna go to the salt lake um mini bravo con this year or you know what i mean like people would go to that stuff and like and instead of bravo being like okay don't talk to the media don't do this it's almost like okay you know what just don't do x y and z like don't say hateful things don't and that's another thing that i that i don't like about bravo is they have this huge social responsibility with the reach of audience that they have. And they have gone back and forth on when they decide to stick up for certain causes and when they don't. And that's mm-hmm. when I feel like viewers are getting accosted. We're yeah. being <laughs> abused by Bravo. Cause it's yeah. like, why are you saying that you care about black lives matter now, but not this other time? Yeah. Or why is it that like, you just, had this big campaign about BLM and you went and edited below deck episodes, but there's still a racist, racially driven comment or joke towards Asians in your, in your episode. I was like blown away. Just either do one or the other say fans, you know what? It's a free for all. We can't control everyone. There might be some racists in the mix or, you know, whatever, like just say one way or the other, don't be like, Oh, this is bad, but not this. And I, I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree with you in in that regard. And I think that they, I think Bravo at this point, I think, you know, especially in 2020, when there was a huge, huge uh, uprising and resurgence of the black lives matter movement and, and the like social justice movements and all of that, which, which was much needed, but I think Bravo, tried and failed to become a part of that and and what they did was just kind of highlight their hypocrisy like they did a sweeping firing of so many people in the summer of 2020 but then like since then they haven't really um they they haven't honed in on like what their stance is you know um and i think honestly I, and I might get in trouble with this, but I would prefer if Bravo just didn't take a stance. I would prefer if Bravo, Bravo just, I mean, here's the thing. These shows were created to show us a glimpse of these little bubbles and who these women are Mm -hmm. in their realities. Mm -hmm. And some of them in their realities are going to be shitty fucking people. So let's yeah. just show it. I would much rather yeah. show everything, the good, yes. the bad, the ugly, everything in between. And then, you know what? Just slap at the end of the episode. Like Bravo does not like yes. a- agree with the sentiments that Kelly Dodd I made, would, blah, blah, blah. I Whatever. would much rather have that than them try to waver and pretend. Exactly. Like, well, we're we we're going to fire sometimes. this person and we're yeah. going to edit this person out of the episode, but then, yeah. oh, we can't fire them. We're going to let that slide. Yeah. You know, and if you look back historically, the first five years of the Housewives were so fucking problematic. Every, I mean, so New Jersey, Orange County, um, all of them. They're dark saying, they say so many, I mean, there are, like you said, dark storylines. There are homophobic storylines. There are racist storylines. There's yep. so many things. Like yeah. I was watching old Orange County. It always comes back to my girl, TJ. And <laughs> she she made some comment about Damn, Slade. Right? And she made some comment about Slade and how he was, dressed like 
like a gay man and like oh, and, and but like making yeah, fun of used, him. They, they used to do that stuff all the time. All There's the time. So yeah, much, I, I mean, early New Jersey was yeah. so homophobic, you know? That was actually a thing on the reunion. And that's when I think Andy first admitted that he was gay himself was at the right. New Jersey reunion when they were talking about Joe Judice. Right. Call, something when they were at like a the, dancing, dancing class. Yes, I there's remember all that sorts of so stuff, vividly. and that doesn't mean that it's okay. That doesn't right. mean that we're like supporting. But it was a learning lesson, right? Exactly, and just put and it on the show and let yeah. the audience decide who yes. we want to to you know rally around, who we want to right. quote unquote cancel, whatever. But the network hasn't done a good enough job of making those kind of decisions themselves. That at this point, I think they just need to step back and be like, we we can't keep up. Yeah. We hire these bitches because yeah. they're crazy. So you yeah. guys just deal with it you know <laughs> but also what i would like to see and this is disappointing from like <clears throat> from like an executive or like corporate standpoint bravo's cast the people that were watching they're they're employees right they pay them i don't feel like bravo is a healthy work environment and like i know nini's everyone's like nini's salty or whatever and like that's why she's suing them but like also, she was kind of complicit in some of it. So there, it's complicated right. with Nini, but like at the end of the day, I'm not even a lawyer, but I watch a lot of Judge Judy and all that shit. And I'm telling you, Bravo has a liability. In my opinion, they should be saying like, there is no assault. There's zero tolerance for assault or racial comments right. or homophobic comments or whatever. Like, Right. They need to have those kind of rules, at least because it's not fair to the cast to like the whole Monique and Candace thing. Like if right. there was a clear cut rule, like, hey, you put your hands on someone, you're fired, like in real, real world or whatever on MTV, yeah. they had to take a stance because they did. It didn't come up until Steven slapped Irene right. and they're like, what do we do? And they made that decision at that point in time. And then that was the rule going forward. And Bravo yeah. doesn't do that, but I feel well, like they should, right? Here's because the thing. I, and, and this might be part of the problem, is that these women are not technically employed by Bravo. They're employed by the production companies. And all oh, of these yeah. Housewives shows are produced by a different production company, yeah, with the exception right. of, I think, New York and New Jersey are both Sirens Media, and then um, Beverly Hills and Orange County are both Evolution. But That's like right. Dallas was its own thing, Dubai is its yep. own thing, Miami is its own thing, Salt Lake City yep. is its Salt own Lake thing. Mm -hmm. So that also creates some of these discrepancies. Yeah. And and here's the thing: like we were relating Wait, it. Sorry, real quick: is casting included in production? Like yeah, the casting responsibility is the of production. Casting Okay, so the Jenny Wen situation is the production's fault. From yeah, Sony. and and it's and there's casting and there's yeah there's like casting companies like I there you can like see on Instagram when the casting cycle yeah, comes around post, again they'll yeah. post and it'll say like they're they're That's like a you know, private company? casting companies there I mean they might be in house with the production company yeah. or the producers are like oh this is the casting company that we always use or whatever there might this be links is what there we need, to do. we need to do a presentation to teach yes. the average viewer like right this is these are all the parties involved behind the scenes so that you know like I was Caroline Brooks from Dubai she did a Twitter spaces this weekend and I joined and I was like talking to her which oh, cool. is so crazy like 
that's another thing. Like these ladies can literally just host their own right. thing. But um, shoot, I got a stoner moment now. I don't know why I was talking about Carolina. Talking about the all the different like the hierarchies and all the different people that are involved. Oh yeah, was, in, she in said, the shows. Um, people, the viewers actually think like that you're they're watching what's happening on tv live and that to me is like yeah. scary yeah like just for our it's so crazy society. It's like it's are funny. you kidding me i think i think we talked about this when i was on your yeah. podcast the and friends. i was like it, i was like it's so funny it reminds me of that episode of friends with brooke shields and she's <laughs> joey's stalker and she walks in and days of our lives is in the background and she's like wait dr drake Ramore, how are you both here and there it's like these people are fucking idiots they really need they need to get That's a clue so but isn't that crazy to know that there are there's not just one person out there that thinks like that there's yeah. actually lots of people who don't know these basic things and that's what scares yeah. me I'm sure media you probably like get that. this a lot i feel like all, any of us that are you know on social media especially twitter tweeting things about the housewives i'll oh. tweet something about a housewife like i recently tweeted something about teddy and i cannot tell you how many replies i get from people who think i'm teddy and they're yeah, yeah. yelling at me as if i'm teddy and i'm like no it's no so like crazy. i'm a i'm a little i'm a boy <laughs> It's so crazy. I'm like, how do they not? They think they're talking to the person yeah. that they're seeing on their screen. Like, I know, it's crazy. That's weird. And I'm not know. even like a parody account. Like my Twitter isn't even, you see all the time, like they're all, like I, I follow someone that's like, uh, like Mary Cosby's closet or something like that. And so I, <laughs> I, I understand that. if someone's like, oh, I'm talking to Mary Cosby's closet i don't know I, i'm trying to justify like for idiots that you really can't but i, I have been fooled before on twitter yeah, there are there some are like some... other dumb bro or yes like... exactly there are things like that but like i'm not even trying to fool you guys and yet yeah, i'm fooling yeah. you that's same, how stupid same. you are yeah yeah i um, know it and it's toxic too people are this is another part of joining the bravo community as like a fan account and everything is like it's so toxic. They, people don't understand how awful, like, or like they don't get it. This yeah. whole mob mentality is real. And if you abuse this power, like really bad things can happen. There's yeah. like fucked up shit. I just watched the Manti Teo. Oh my God. I know. Did you watch that? I haven't yet, but I'm telling, I'm telling my listeners, if any of y'all start fucking with me, I am going to catfish you so bad. I'm going to ruin your life. I swear. No, you're going to deny them. Yeah, oh honestly. God. No, I know what you mean. People are crazy. I tweeted the other day. Like, I think I said every single day on this damn bird app, I am getting it from both ends and not even in the good way because <laughs> no matter what, and like, I, I feel like we're very similar. We have our, our favorites and we have those that we like, but we're yeah. not like, we're not dying on any housewife Hill. You know, I'm, yeah. I, you know, we're not like blind loyalists to any of them. And so I, I am an equal opportunity make fun of viewer, you know, like I'm going to make fun <laughs> of all of them equally. And I swear to God, in one day, I will post something mean about Sutton and then something mean about Erica. And all day long, I'm getting it from like oh, both, both families being like, oh. fuck you, don't ever talk about Sutton again. Like you're just obsessed with Erica Jane. And I'm like, no, I literally just posted making fun of her 20 minutes ago, bitch. Like, go oh, look at my timeline, my you know? Gosh. But oh, pe gosh. people think that like, whatever you say within 120 characters yeah. is like your 
college thesis statement or like, yeah, it's going to be on your tombstone or something. And it's like, no, like this is one of a million thoughts that I have, you know? And it's fleeting. I like how they used to have the fleets or whatever that it was like the stories version on Twitter. Oh my God. Is that why it was called fleets? I never even put that together. I don't know. I I thought it was cute. Yeah. It's like, well, to me, like Twitter is fleeting. Like these are like fleeting thoughts, but people- Well, they're not tweets, they're fleets, you know? Yeah. I like that fleet. (laughs) They fleet away. People hold on to these things so much that as the content creator, like we, I think we do have a responsibility to make sure, like, I mean, we can't be responsible for everyone's ignorance, right. but like yeah. to a certain extent, like I don't, oh, here's an example. Michael, Michael Rappaport, like I had no feelings about him either way. And I only knew him from like higher learning back in the day and like atypical. Mm-hmm. And I like him in yeah. those. And friends. He was also on friends. He was in friends. Like yeah. I like, I liked him. I didn't know much else about him. But everyone would like tweet and say awful things about him. And I was like, geez, damn. So then he was on Watch What Happens Live and I'm watching. And I my unpopular opinion was like, I don't mind Michael Rappaport. And I tweeted like he said something nasty. So I was like, oh, now I understand why people don't like him. Not saying I don't like him. Still, right. but now I get, get it. And I did yeah. not tag him. I never tag anyone when I'm like saying something. Right. <laughs> like, Obviously. I feel like. You're not an idiot. Yeah. If you're on TV, you should expect that people are going to talk about you. Like that is the point. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But but anyways, he went through and was scrolling. He must have searched his name through tweets. He saw mine. I woke up at like five in the morning to Michael Rappaport trolling and like responding to my tweet saying like, I'm like a scumbag or something. I don't know. Just so rude. And I was like, (gasps) oh. And I just like retweeted or something. I don't know. It was reckless on my part, but it wasn't even like I didn't attack him. I was yeah. just like, oh my God, my feelings are hurt. And my follow, I don't even have that many people. I think I have like 1,500 on Twitters, which is a lot, but like not a ton. Right. And I was like, they attacked him all day long. Tagged him, yeah. said the, the nastiest, most brutal things that... I was just like, I felt that was a learning lesson for me that like, I need to be careful with what I do. I don't ever want someone to be attacked in that way because of something I do or like my feelings. Like it it was a tweet, like who cares? It did not deserve that kind of reaction. And so I publicly apologized in a tweet to him at the end of the day, I was like, Michael Rappaport, I tagged him. I am sorry for all of this today yeah. like I don't remember exactly what I said but because I genuinely felt bad like I don't think people deserve like even Jenny Wen like she wrote she had like racist posts or whatever and she that's awful right like disgusting I don't condone that however there's so many Jenny Wens out there and let's not forget that Jenny Wen has a family and children and so like for when Bravo put her on and like this came out I felt like it was reckless of Bravo to even have someone like that on for her own safety. Right, like right. she for sure probably gets death threats daily now. And like, that's when I feel like it, it's taken too far when you're, yeah. when somebody's life feels threatened, like, I don't think that's okay. Totally. And I've seen some of the like dark side of the nineties documentaries. Or oh like, yeah. What's the name of this other one, but it's basically about cancel culture and like, how toxic it is and like 
I know that I'm not perfect and that I make mistakes. And I really, truly believe that nobody, no human is perfect. Yeah. And so I, as much as like some people may not be able to change and they might just be nasty their whole lives, I do still think that some humans can change and learn and grow. And that's why going back to what you were talking about with Bravo, like if they just said, hey, we don't vet these people out, like this right. is whatever. Like, we're, we're airing this with, this isn't our, us giving it our stamp of approval. Yeah, we're just airing it is, as it is, you know? Yeah, we're, we're doing God's work here. We're yeah. giving you exactly. the footage of people you wouldn't normally see. Like right. that's what it is. And you can take it how you want it. And then there's people like us who can just take the footage and see it and then be like, okay, what does this mean? And start talking right. about it and, you know, like have those conversations and then have like even maybe opposing sides be like, no, we're watching the same show. And I think LVP is wrong. And the other side says, no, I right. think Kyle's wrong. And, right. And, totally. And just yeah. and it can be healthy and respectful. It should and, be. Yeah. No. It, yeah, exactly. It should be. Yeah. And I think you just touched on something that's really important, which is when the fandom becomes equally as toxic as like the people on screen that they're mm -hmm. like upset about, you know, like if your whole thing is that you think Jenny Wynn is like a terrible, awful, nasty person, then you're not proving your point by like saying terrible, awful, nasty things about her, you know? Yeah, and I, 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 I saw a lot about that. And obviously like, I, I do not like Jenny. I was very upset by the things yeah. that she posted. But I remember when that happened, I posted something, you know, obviously saying like, I'm super disappointed. This is disgusting mm -hmm. about Jenny. And then later I remember I tweeted something being like, hey, FYI, like all of these things that Jenny has said and done doesn't make the things that Mary Cosby said like about yeah. Jenny. Okay. Because oh, yeah, Mary Cosby said weird. some, some, anti-Asian stuff on the yes. show and people were basically I remember seeing a lot of people being like ha Mary was right like Jenny it sucks and blah 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 and Mary's justified yeah. and all this stuff and so I tweeted like you guys Jenny does suck but that doesn't mean that what Mary did was okay Absolutely. and I remember there was one person in particular who saw this and went out of their way to take the post and they shared it not only on Twitter but they took it to their Facebook they took it to their Instagram they tagged my podcast stuff they tagged all my personal stuff and they basically Wait, said that I was racist um against black people because I was once again like choosing to to condone Mary and like I was supporting yeah. Jenny and I was like dude like look at all of my tweets like I've literally been been somebody did that to me once posted my picture because I put my, my I am okay with putting my picture yeah, out there. Yeah, I have my face is, all over the place. Yeah, That's a big deal for people, right. though. Like, people don't understand. That's a huge deal because you are opening yourself up to toxic behavior, and somebody actually did it to me. I put myself out there because I know in my heart, like, I don't mean any ill intention or yeah. malice towards anyone. In fact, I want to use my platform for good. And right. so this person, it was that below deck thing. I know you're not into below deck, but like, Wes is a um, biracial person. He's half black, half white. And then there's Raina who's black. And then there's Heather who's white. Heather called Raina the N-word. And like, obviously that was a thing on the show. And then um, Wes, the biracial guy, he was there for Raina, but then she was just like, almost like black out angry and going off and, he was trying to like calm her down saying like, I get it, but like, just let it go. And then she got, she turned on him and was like, 
shut up, shut the fuck up. You're not even black. You like blah, blah, blah. You're just what you see your white ass down or something. I don't know. Something. And I was like, as somebody who was biracial, I'm half Korean, half white. That triggered me. I was right. like, that is so wrong of Raina to say to Wes, like yeah. to be told that you're not the race that you are is right. like so heartbreaking. And so I felt for Wes in that moment, not saying I don't feel for Raina's pain, but right. this woman who happened to be one of the women who accused Biden of touching her inappropriately, she came at me because no I was like, way. wow. Yet she put my picture up and called me a racist on her um, Twitter. And oh I God. even I even messaged her politely. I was like, can you please take that down? Like, that is not, that's very, you know, like toxic. Or yeah, inappropriate. Or it not can okay. be, like, I'm not a racist. Like, right. I did not say anything racist. I'm expressing how I feel towards Wes. And that doesn't make me a racist because, you know, like, it was just so insane. Anyways, her account finally got taken down because she was wrong. Well, but, good, good. Yeah, no, that shit's like, fucking crazy. With P- six months, it was up there. That's and insane. And I had to live with that. That yeah. my face in saying racist next to it, like that, it, that was so hurtful for me because yeah. like, I even did a podcast on it. I was like crying. That's, well, that's crazy. And it's scary. And like this dude that, that, I mean, did the same thing to me. What was crazier? Like, I I didn't really care. You know, he didn't have enough of a following where I felt like scared for myself or anything like that. But I was just like, dude, you're you're nuts, first of all. But then he ended up doxing Jenny Wynn and he posted her address, her phone number, and a photo of the front of her house. And oh. I and I was just like, dude, you are so crazy. Like, how are you upset? Like, I understand why you're upset over the things that Jenny did, but how do you think that you are morally superior to her or to me or to anyone when you're doing this kind of shit? You You know, know I asked the person who attacked me, I said, what does this accomplish for you? Do you want people to come to my house and attack me and my family? And she wouldn't answer. So that right there, I was like, she it, she does. In my opinion, is by a threat. That's Is by a threat. I'll let a judge decide. Oh my God. Okay. We, I, I literally have like a whole list of Bravo questions here that we oh, didn't sure. even get to. No, we yeah. didn't. Even, I mean, we didn't even get to them. Um, I'm going to ask you two because they okay. were, they're very important. And they're, okay. they're questions that I feel like I can't ever ask any other guests. They're only sure. for you. Okay. Oh, oh my God. So I, I know That's I, I need to know your dream Bravo blunt rotation and your nightmare Bravo blunt rotation. And it can be okay. however many people you want to share your weed with, you know? I mean, I definitely want to smoke with Andy. Does he count as one? Yeah, yeah, totally. Anyone from the Bravo verse. Yeah, I want to smoke with Andy just to like pick his brain about his whole mastermind. Yeah. But <laughs> and keep in mind, this is like a stoner circle. So you guys yeah. are all there so together. Him, definitely Lisa Barlow, because I just love her. She'd bring good um, snacks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. She'd be so unintentionally hilarious. It would be so great. Right. Just like munching on a Crunchwrap Supreme (laughs) the whole time. I love Taco Bell. Yeah. Um, who else? Can I say Jeff Lewis? Yeah, sure. I really like Jeff Lewis. Um, I think it would be funny to watch him smoke weed. Like I would like to see his personality. Right. Like, like will he get more intense? So will he get more laid back? So paranoid. Like, yeah. oh my God, that'd be funny. Sonia Morgan. Cause she's one. just Sonia yeah. Morgan. 
cool. I think that's enough. I like my circle. That's small. a good, like, honestly, that's, I would that's... rather pick just like one, but if yeah. I had to pick a few that I think those are good people and they'd all get along. Well, you wouldn't have to worry about any of them. Like, you know, yeah, no, I cannot have drama in my smoke totally. circle. Yeah. Hell it's a no. safe space. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So then who's your, nightmare. who's in your nightmare Bravo blunt rotation? I was going to say Mary Cosby, but I'm starting to wonder if maybe she would be part of my dream <laughs> blunt rotation because she'd be so awesome. Okay, I, so maybe it depends. Like, depends if it's like an indica or a sativa. <laughs> true. I would probably have to pick a hybrid for a group sesh just yeah. to like make sure nobody is yeah. like crazy. But um, yeah, I think I move Mary Cosby into the dream rotation because okay. I would just love to watch her. Like I want her. I mean, I think follow her around with the camera 24 hours a day. Right. I would watch Mary Cosby cam. Yeah. I, I also think like it's everyone's dream to to be able to like smoke weed with God. And according to her, she is God. So there you go. <laughs> Plus, I don't want Jesus to come after me. And so. he will. He will. <laughs> she will send him after you. Oh, uh, okay. So wait, people like don't. Vicky, I don't want to smoke. Oh my God. Her. Vicky would be a nightmare. I also, because be she, so she claims she's never smoked before. So it would be her first time too. Well, apparently she had some THC ice cream on the ultimate girls trip too. Oh, okay. But. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe we should cut that out. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm insured, I, baby. I'm insured. I know. I really love that. Um, what else? Okay, who else do I know? Like another bad oh, also I think Vicky would probably call an ambulance. So oh, she 100 percent would call an ambulance. The party would be over. Yeah, she would swear that she was having a heart attack. It would be yeah. the, worst, the worst. We all uh, have that one friend who's had a heart attack while smoking weed, right? <laughs> I would not want to smoke with Ramona. Yeah. I think that's pretty obvious, right? For obvious you're, I, I get, I get like the vibe you're going for this nightmare Bravo blunt rotation. It's like the it's Karen like, crew. It can't be like, I need, actually, I might add Luann to my, ro my dream rotation. She's on mine. Luann's on mine. Yeah. Be cool. Don't be all like uncool. That's yeah. like my ultimate Bravo quote. So. I don't know why Luann hasn't <laughs> leaned into smoking weed more with her I sobriety know. like i feel I like she's know. always doing the the fose thing but like no baby girl just like, get a just get a vape pen and like live your best life i know. You know i don't know why she does that either maybe i'll ask her at BravoCon if she's do it. there do it do it <laughs> i love it okay tell me about BravoCon. you have big plans for BravoCon. Oh, um you. you you're gonna be hosting like a pre BravoCon event right I am. I'm doing a live podcast recording the night before BravoCon starts, and it's not affiliated with Bravo or BravoCon in any way. I'm doing, I have a, I've curated a pool of talent Ooh. amongst us Bravo fans. And um, some of them include like Bravo by Gaze and Love faces it. by bravo Love it. so we have a really good lineup and i want to make this a really great experience for them because like i said i don't feel like us bravo fan we're doing all the work here like it's true we need to have something right so um i'm hoping to live stream it for those who can't go to BravoCon, and i already have um some 
giveaways and prizes. One of them, actually, this is a perfect plug. Oh my God, yes, do it. This necklace says so dope. This is by Frankie Smoke and they're going to be they're going to be one of the sponsors for some of the giveaways and prizes that I'm hoping to be able to get to the people who are watching live on the live stream um, so that they can be part of the experience as well. But Frankie Smoke has the coolest stuff, like these very like cute, dainty, luxury, like smoking. Oh my God, love it. Do you know what I always wanted? And I'm, I was never a cigar or like a cigarette smoker, but I always wanted the one of those like Cruella yeah. DeVille- yeah, like, so she ugh. so they she has these little ones like this in all different um different metals oh, like gold, so rose gold, yeah, chic. so chic. So the chic. chicest. Honestly. Like look how cool this stuff oh, is. Amazing. Isn't it chic. so cute? Chic, chic. And chic. it keeps things hot and cold. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she has all this cool stuff like very cute ash. I love it. And I love the everything is gold and like lux yeah, looking. It's all very uses, high end. Yeah. She uses all like precious metals and jewels. Here's another necklace. Wow. So yeah, That's I'm it. really excited. She was like, the, I was like, oh my God. I almost cried when like we came together to connect for this. So that's one of the brands. Another brand is um Home of Hotbox. So that she is actually um a former fashion designer who used to partner with one of the fashion designers on Project Runway. Oh, cool. So she has designed these chic, very chic. So chic. This one is marble. I'm having a hard time. Um, you, it's wow. like a stash box. So you can put your lighter in here and then like your joints wow. or whatever. And I love it. it. Uh, smell proof and waterproof. Wow. Jamie Lee Curtis is shaking right now because these products are <laughs> so chic. Oh my God, you guys, you heard it here first. If you're in New York for BravoCon, get there a day early. Go yeah. to the live podcast recording for Bravo and Blaze with Jenny Blaze. Yeah. Um, you're going to get a lot of great, cool swag and you get to hang out with Jenny. I mean, there's nothing better than that. All right, Jenny, thank you so much for joining me today. This was such a blast. Will you tell everyone where they can find you? I'm everywhere on social media, but mostly (laughs) Instagram. I'm actually working on um, building my YouTube channel as a content creator. I want to share some of the lessons learned. Um, There's so many data, so much data and analytics in YouTube that you can really leverage. And actually, I highly recommend any Bravo content creators out there to go start your YouTube channel. Now, the way that YouTube works is it's not like these other platforms like Instagram or TikTok, where you're like competing against each other for like the best spot. What YouTube does is the more you like each other's, subscribe to each other's, um, comment on each other's, um, and tag each other, the better our entire community grows. And YouTube is the second most visited website in the world behind google which owns youtube and people are canceling their streaming networks and subscriptions they're all going to youtube so this is a way that these this type of information is what i want to share with other content creators because when you know, we all, we all win together. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love support that. other women. On like I love that. Thing. Yes. I love that. Oh my God. Jenny, and men and yes. them. 
<laughs> we all have a little woman inside of us, you know. Uh, Jenny, thank you so much for being here. This was such a blast. Thank We're going to have to do it again very soon. Yeah. To everyone who's listening, thank you guys for joining us. Make sure to go follow Jenny at Bravo and Blaze. Follow me at Blonde Hair Black Heart. Make sure that you like or subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And go give me a five-star rating. I'm really cute and I deserve it. <laughs> all right, guys. Until next time. Bye. 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 B